the Protect Your Neck Podcast, live MMA chat number four, real-time reaction to the cancellation of UFC 249, front kicks in MMA, and much, much more. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree, people sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night Alright, now we are officially live. Sorry about that. Sorry about my previous stream of me muddling. Was trying a new app and couldn't figure out how to turn it off. Hence, we are 15 minutes late. 20 minutes late now, so uh, thanks for coming in to hang out. Those of you who stuck around, uh, we'll get to any questions you have, and we will cover the topics as mentioned. I am Dan and Tom, analysts you can find the work of at MMAJunkie.com, as well as the Protect Your Neck podcast, which a version of this will be uh, sent on over there. Um, so let me get a, a proper share because I'm so dumb, folks, that like I, I usually can't even share correctly. I think I did now, finally. So hopefully we'll, we'll have that fixed. I'm going to show the official link, and we'll be underway. We're going to be doing a little bit of Carol Baskins, a little bit of Tiger King review. Not too much. This is obviously an MMA show, but just want to get my two cents in on that. 249 is a go. We're going to be talking about my thoughts on that as far as running it on tribal grounds, as well as future events at a potential private island. We're already seeing certain plans go into works, as well as certain parts of those plans already fall apart, as is the nature of the news cycle. Uh, of course, we're not going to focus too much on the crazy news cycle, albeit it is tied to our lives, so I will do my best to tether it to MMA. But yeah, we're going to we're gonna tackle all those as well as a weekly focus front kicks in MMA, basically based off a fight pass release we did through our, uh, an article of ours over at MMA Junkie, as well as weekly recs before we get out of here. Five podcasts to check out. Of course, the hidden key to these weekly recs is that... Um, some of these topics you may or may not notice. I may come in late because I'm actually depending on you guys. It's like it's like a honey trap. You all you think you're coming in for recommendations, but really you guys are giving them to me, and I appreciate it. And they're needed. We all could use some entertainment, recommendations, and just uh, help, especially as you can see with me, uh, this poorly produced uh, program. Sorry for the tech issues. Live now. If you want to come. Hang for the next 25 to 30. Boom. All right, folks, we're posted. We're good. And I'm all yours. Um, hit up the chat for anything there. Just want to give you guys thanks for the love, which feels like kind of weird. Like I, I feel like I should thank even more now, but also, you know, uh, for putting up with my stupidity as far as being late and, and technical issues. But things are going to get better. We are... Uh, uh, again, anything you guys put into this program, which is free, anything's going to be on the channel, on my podcast, it's all free, folks. Um, however, it is supported by my website, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. If you want to visit that there, you can find links for click-throughs such as on it or Amazon. We're all kind of using those right now, right? Uh, we're all ordering from home, so uh, I'm not going to read off the list, but you guys have been um, clicking through, and I really do appreciate that. You guys have just been sharing, whether it's the YouTube channel uh, the podcast itself, uh, tagging the podcast at the PYN podcast on all social platforms to get in contact or to share 
course, me at Dan Tom MMA, where you can also find the links to everything. Uh, there's also a PayPal link there for, for direct donations. I don't like to advertise that. But again, no matter how you're supporting the podcast, it is uh, it's being felt. We're going to have next week a new backdrop behind me. That's part of the reason why I was working on a new program. Uh, going to be recording it off of my phone through this other program because my phone's actually a better program than like this 2019 MacBook Pro that I'm using. It's just kind of how it is. Laptop cameras still kind of suck. Um, got the new lights in effect. So again, folks, we're, we're, bear with me. We're, we're going to be we're going to make it through this uh, one way or another. As I look at look how professional I am, uh, <laughs> moving my laptop camera here as as I go on this makeshift desk, but. Just want to thank you guys. Really appreciate it. All right. UFC 249, first topic of the day is going down. Um, oh, shouts to Mr. Honky there. This is a great, great, great follow on Twitter, uh, at Mr. Honky. I believe there's an underscore between the Mr. and Honky, but he's the dude post all the sweet footage, especially that's like apropos um, to fights coming up, which, you know, kind of relates to this show here. So I definitely appreciate him. He says, sup, you need a new, or you said you need a few SBC UFC posters back there, dude, for sure. Yeah. Um, not just that, but like getting things framed and then getting things framed certainly for a certain way. UFC 249 is canceled. That wouldn't, that would not surprise me. Uh, if that's the case as, as, as we're going live here, um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, hey, you're right. It has been canceled. Wow. Well, I guess this is turning into a reaction. I was going to give you guys some early lanes, some early picks. I submitted a breakdown. That's going to be, that was supposed to go up today. I guess that's not going up. Jeez, man. Anything like Tony Ferguson related is just like, I could just write it up and throw it in the trash. And like, it's my favorite fighter to break down. But uh, I'm not going to be a hypocrite on you guys. Um, I, I didn't think it was the best idea for it to go down. Um, and, uh, now apparently it, it is, it is not nothing more important than life and safety. Uh, according to an interview being released, Dana White, uh, standing with Brett Okamoto. Um, doesn't look like they're using much of the social distancing there, but neither here nor there. They are apparently, uh, trying to go back to being safe. So I apologize. I'm doing the whole reading thing. Um, as you guys are here, I'm a junkie, of course, going to the, the, the source. A little cheap plug there. Not always first, but we try to be right for most part as far as confirming sources. But this one seems to be sadly believable. This is not no April Fool's joke, folks. I think we kind of predicted it. Like, that's actually part of the reason why I submitted and was going to run my breakdown early as opposed to normal fight week. So I'm like, this one's probably not going to happen. Let's let's get some content out there. Let's do something. Little. Let's, feel, let's feel a little bit of normal. But we couldn't even get that senseless exercise out and run a lap before we were told to go back inside. We are still inside, folks. Um, the relentless, uh, or the UFC has finally waved off the white flag on doing fights during the coronavirus pandemic after relentlessly pushing forward with the event schedule in the middle of countless obstacles and outside pressures. UFC pre president Dana White revealed Thursday that all future events, including UFC 249 on April 18, have been indefinitely put on hold. White informed company broadcast partner ESPN of the news stating that the decision was made after intervention from the highest level of both Disney and ESPN. So people with some sense uh, started uh, gripping in and realizing they have some pull. Um, after holding an event behind closed doors in Brasilia, Brazil on March 14th, the UFC postponed three events between March, yada, 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 April. Uh, the cancellation news comes on the heels of Senator Diane Feinstein of California condemning the UFC's attempt 
toast UFC 249. That probably helped shine some light as well as Colbert from the mainstream and many others. Um, again, not, not agreeing or disagreeing here, just kind of adding it in. Yep, Disney execs pulled the plug. You are right, Mr. Honky. However, at the at best, this event ties up medical resources and sends a message that shelter-in-place orders can be flouted. At worst, participants and sports staff could carry the virus back to their home communities and spread. Very true. I mean, this is kind of what I talked about about a week or two weeks ago on this very program. Um, it's not just about uh, the fighters willing to do it. I mean, I was even putting aside the, you know me, I'm, I'm not going to be grabbing the torches and and going after Dana or the UFC, but I did um, express, you know, my disagreement, my displeasure with them going forward. That being said, uh, you, you can't sit there and blame people or blame the fighters or whatever. Um, instead, I kind of chose to look at the more in particular circumstances, which we heard talk being talked about this week. Like what does it do, you know, as far as overwhelming, um, you know, overwhelming local hospitals. Uh, and I thought they were going to, especially when the reports, you know, were that, uh, despite what was being reported today, about 24 hours ago, the, the nearest hospital to Lamore, California, I believe 40 to 50 miles away or something like that, like or 20 to 40 minute drive away, something of that sort. Right. Um, they went on the record of saying the UFC never reached out to them. So I thought they were initially going to maybe set up their own medical triage. And again, they've got the pool to get these tests apparently. Right. And with the, you know, uh, you know Dana's ties to Donald Trump, I thought they were just going to do their own, which again, kind of like what I was talking about with uh shout out to my man, Aaron Bronstetter has been doing great content was on his Q and a Ron uh, yesterday. Uh, and, and I was talking like, even if, um, even if they go through it, they're, they're going to piss people off, which they clearly already did. And that those effects were felt obviously uh, and heard as the uh, Disney execs reached down and told the UFC to stop but also, let's say they even like had their own triage and own hospital set up, which we later found out was not the case, which I'm sure did not help their case and help expedite this attempt getting shut down even sooner. Um, was that like even if you do have your own triage centers and your own, your own makeshift hospital, you're still having all these tests that could be going to, to essentially non-essential people for a non-essential event um, as much as we love MMA, right? And... I was, you know, earlier today, and it's kind of a mute point to talk about this, I guess, since it's canceled. They, they said that both fighters and their coaches and cornermen were going to get tested. And I like that the coaches and Christian Couture going with Francis Ngannou was going, I should say. But, however, it's like, okay, let's say everybody tests and everybody – there's no false negatives. There's no false positives. Everybody's clean. No one has to go to any hospitals. Um, everyone's tested. But now they had to go back and go travel – back and, and and they could pick it up on the way back, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, it was, I don't want to say a valiant effort because I'm sure we have all different opinions on that. Um, but uh, it was an effort. It was an effort, folks. We tried, we tried to get the party going. Um, you know, we, we, we tried to circle the horses uh, from, from Dana White to the media and everybody else. And, uh, and uh, it just, it just didn't happen. So, so yeah, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. I guess we're going back to, uh, back to, uh, back to getting creative, folks. Back to getting creative. That that means that this chat will still be going down um, at its normal time every Thursday. Like I said, once shows start back up, this chat's going to turn back into the breakdown show, and this live interactive format will come back post UFC or uh, Big Bellator fights on the weekends. Right once once all the fights wrap up, we'll do one of these. But now that that's canceled, it looks like we'll be back to these. And um, 
thankfully I'm continuing the book on the top five. So I was doing more of those bookings today. Um, did a recent one that got good reception that's on this here channel. If you want to check out those, I've got about three of them that have been recorded since this channel's inception. Of course, you can go back and listen to all of them for free at mixedmarshallanalyst.com or um, subscribing on iTunes. You're going to get the podcast, the Protect Your Neck podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all the rest. But top five shows will be coming to help give us something to lean on, man, because uh, because it is tough. Uh, Tough time. Shout out to Paul Crichton as well over there at uh, SB Nation Radio for having me on this week to talk MMA. And, you know, um, looks like we're going to be hard-pressed to find more MMA to talk about. That sucks, man. Uh, I, I mean, um, I'm glad for the sake of health and safety. I just don't like the uh, – I don't like the tease, man. I don't like the tease. Yes, me. It's that Carol Baskin's fault. I think she gave Joe Exotic the COVID – from the prison as well, but Pastor. Um, yeah, that sucks, guys. That sucks. Um, but we're in this together. Is that what I'm supposed to? Is that what we're all supposed to say here and all that good stuff? Yeah. All right. Um, boy, that sucks. I didn't have any picks or plays, but I was gonna go through and give picks. Up. Uh, I'll just say this: my 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 pick for the Ferguson Gaethje fight was Tony Ferguson by fourth round stoppage. Um, I thought it was gonna make it to then. I thought it was gonna be essentially more violent version of his fight with RDA, which didn't produce a stoppage. But what we saw Tony do is um, neutralize, especially at that point of his career, even though RDA got to, and you could argue kind of had to because of the way Tony fought him, uh, show more of his stick and move and countering chops. But RDA primarily, of course, a pressure fighter, especially how he primarily made his money during his title and prime runs. We saw Tony Ferguson neutralize that. Though RDA is shorter than Gaethje, he's got a longer reach by two inches. And uh, four-inch reach was all advantage as opposed to the six he would have had against Justin. was all he needed to shut him down with his uh, very underrated jab, diverse jab. He pokes, he prods, he pushes. Um, he comes from funny, a funny angle. It was a funny angle um, with it. And I thought that we we're going to see a kind of a jabbing tutorial there from uh, Ferguson on Gaethje. Um if Gaethje didn't put his lights out, of course, which was a lot of people's leans, and I really don't blame it because that kind of seemed that seemed fitting if the fight was going to happen. But that was my pick. It wasn't by submission. It was by an attritional stoppage by strikes, which may surprise some. I just feel like um, Justin's posture is hard to break um, unless he's more tired in the later rounds, but Tony's got underrated heavy hands. It kind of always has. So the uncrowned lightweight king will have to wait, uh, wait for another day to fight. Um, whereas, uh, the current lightweight reigning King still, uh, still sits firmly upon his crown where he deserves and that is Khabib Nurmagomedov. So Khabib to Tony's the only fight I want to see. And, um, maybe Connor and Gaethje for a fun knock down the road, but Connor, uh, who, you know, of all times, he's going to be using his platform responsibly. Thankfully he's doing it now. So I I'm not sure how much chopping of the bit he wants to get back in. All right, well, I guess that'll conclude the UFC 249 segment as we're halfway into my projected time, which should you know, not be hard to not uh, go over this week since a bunch of our talking points got canceled. Front kicks in MMA. Why don't we stick on the MMA talk before we get to the Tiger King questions and get out of here? Um, basically, it was a little you know fight pass uh, video. They really uh, released re Relive Every Front Kick Finish in UFC History. And uh, the list was pretty small for technically uh, technical front kick, uh, you know, finishes. Of course, we have the 
first most highlighted one. Anderson Silva versus Vitor Belfort. I believe that's definitely on my top five kick KOs. UFC 126, February 2011. Lyoto Machida gets one later that year and copycat syndrome, right? What's the uh, what's the term for that they have with the elephants or the monkeys or something? Where the monkey see, monkey do. What comes from, essentially. And Lyoto Machida hits Randy Couture with that. UFC 129, April 30th, 2011. Share a funny... Um, wasn't even the crowd reaction podcast, I believe, but it was the top five light heavyweight fights podcast I just did with Simon Head. Shouts to Simon, uh, where we talked about that one. And by the way, guys, fun trivia. This isn't on the list because um, it was UFC knockouts. But when people ask about those first uh, crop of knockouts, and it always it starts off with Anderson Silva and Leota Machida copycatting each other that same year, February to April. Lest we not forget, I believe June, right within that six-month time within the same year for MMA. Uh, at a superior cage combat event that I was at. A lot of fun uh, fights on there. I think Sergio Pettis fought uh, my, my boy Jimmy Jones, but, but a bunch of fights on there. And uh, Steve Lopez got knocked out by a front kick by Justin Buckholz. That's right, team alpha male coach who also had a cup of coffee in the UFC. Uh, you, know, you mainly saw him in the corners. Um, Justin Buckholz hits a front kick knockout that just blindsided and just, yeah, it was a repeat of, of what happened. Like three happened that year. But finishing off this list of front kick knockouts, of course, we have Travis Browns over Alistair Overeem, where he actually hits him like a couple times. Recently went back to watch that um, and um, hits him a couple times before he just hits that nice snapping front kick and just kicks Alistair Overeem's head back. It's, you know, Anderson Silva made it a reality against Vitor, but if it were to work in a, in a non-movie context, you know, when you, you know, traditional martial artists such as myself in the early 90s coming up in that era, I, I think we pictured it more like uh, Alistair Overeem, Travis Brown, where it's going to thump, and you're just kind of hit right there. Um, Leota Machida touches this list again, of course, that beautiful, uh, almost, um, what do you call it, like magnific Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai uh, style, Leota Machida versus Vitor Belfort. Vitor Belfort, man, the recipient of two. <laughs> Machida, the deliverer of two, that wasn't too long ago, UFC 224. That reminded me almost like uh, when I say Magnificent Seven, I think it was like Josh, young Josh Brolin, uh, my favorite character in the original Magnificent Seven. Of course, was based off Akira of Kurosawa, like uh, many Westerns. And hey, Samurai's based a lot of theirs off Westerns too. It went both, that street went, went both ways. But um, I forget what character it is, but it was just kind of the quiet uh, swordsman, the Musashi-like character. And... Uh, this is a very similar scene. I think it's Seven Samurai, and it just reminds me of Mashida. Um, kind of killing Belfort with that. And uh, Magomed Ankalaev, who also came up uh, in the top five episode I did with Simon Head. He uh, got one last year against Dolce Lajambula, Dolce Champion. I don't like those champion names. Joanna Champion or Dolce Champion. Let's just let's just get their last name, Lajambula. Uh, UFC Fight Night 163. That was November last year, not that long ago. Um, so I thought this list was actually going to be a bit bigger as far as front kicks in MMA, uh, in MMA go. Um, uh, but it wasn't, but it was kind of like, you know, I also wanted to bring this up because we were talking about, you know, the light heavyweight fights, uh, on the last top five show. And one of mine was, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Leo Machida versus, uh, Rashad Evans. Now that wasn't a very great, uh, it was not, well, not a bad fight, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't Shogun, Head No One, or or two for that matter, right? But I kind of lay out the reasons if you go back and list the episode as to why. And one of the reasons why was because 
it really marked that. And I know that Welcome to the Machida era did not age well, but it really marked that um, changing, not changing of the guard by any means, but it marked that um, acknowledgement is a fair word. The fair acknowledgement, you know, that martial arts commanded some respect and then it got to this commercialization age, unfortunately, due to Western uh, Westerners and uh, Western uh, culture, um, you know, kind of popularized it and put a business on it. And the things that essentially, you know, the people that were overreacting from the triads that were giving Bruce Lee shit back in the day were afraid of, um, perhaps. But anyways, um, yeah, so martial arts kind of gets a bit woo-woo, right? We have the studio wars and you know, the McDojo eras and, and uh, that criticism is rightly justified, man. I, I started kind of pulling up out when, when that stuff was started getting in its heyday because I didn't like it. So I ain't defending, I ain't defending it. That being said, you know, there was, the, and there still is a big overcorrection as far as like, Oh, traditional martial arts sucks. Traditional martial artists. Look at these guys, you know, whether Asian arts or Asian martial artists, even, you know, even the ones that are like strictly MMA fighters, like, like, ah, yeah, once the sport grew, they got stuck in Japan. We don't see them traveling. And you can get in the weeds with that, whether you're trying to defend these fighters and make a case for them or writing them off. And I'm not trying to do either here. Not my interest. But, um, but yeah, there, there, there is, I would argue now, the steering wheel almost overcorrected. And we had, you know, then and even still now, this unfair um, outlook on traditional martial arts. So, um so the Machida, you know, obviously he, he he's in the history books as far as traditional martial artists who represent themselves well in MMA. And of course, to do that, he had to get wrestling, which was based off of his experience in sumo. He built on that. It's like, let me actually learn real wrestling here. And, you know, let me learn a little more real kickboxing principles or Muay Thai, you know, training with um, Rafael Cordero, who I'll bring him back up here in one second. Uh, over at King's MMA, we saw a real improvement in Machida's uh game and, and a, a, a more power in his striking. He was throwing more leg kicks and other things like that. Um, but we don't talk about the other end, which is why I also wanted to highlight the front kicks in MMA, which was we didn't even need traditional martial arts guys, so to speak, you know, coming in and doing it. Now, granted, Anderson Silva sparked this list and this renaissance, if you will, off. And Anderson, of course, yes, he's Muay Thai, but Anderson came up in Taekwondo. I believe he has a black belt, uh, like, Oh, a first or second Dan. Like, so I guess he kind of falls under and he's an older guy too. So he for sure falls under that umbrella of traditional martial arts, but there are people on that list that don't as well. And, um, you know, like, uh, Magomed Ankalaev granted, you know, not too far when you consider the connection of Wushu Sanda and that getting popularized in Russia and you, you follow that trail granted, but I mean, we're seeing guys that aren't aren't known to being traditional martial artists using traditional martial arts move because front kicks really weren't a thing. I mean, um, you know, they were written off. They weren't powerful. But that that only work in a movie, right? Kind of referenced earlier. Uh, the teep, you know, Muay Thai is more powerful, which it was, and their kicks are, and I love Muay Thai. But uh, where that argument almost kind of fell funny too is because it's like, okay, well. I get your arguments for tie kicks to the body, legs. It's all great. You know, we've seen them in MMA. We've seen them in the straight up karate versus Muay Thai guys. But if we go by that same knowledge and we just swap in for the teep, I don't think we're, we're really getting much more knockouts with the teep because the teep, albeit a stronger kick, it was less of a pinpoint, less of a snap, less of a, less, you know, um, yeah, less of, you know, less of a, a pinpoint, uh, you know, as far as releasing the power, it was more of a push, you know, you're kicking down a door, you're pushing. 
depending on how you use it, by the way. Now, you, you spar with really good Muay Thai guys. The reason why I earmarked Rafael Cordero, I mean, you spar with really good Muay Thai guys. You're doing slow sparring. And you go to Rafael Cordero's Instagram, you could probably see some. Uh, you probably shouldn't have to scroll back too far through the year to see him like slow spar sparring. And I love Muay Thai masters when they're slow sparring with people because they're literally just picking people um, apart uh, with little things. And one of my favorite things, because you can't really, especially when you're slow sparring, you can't throw an elbow and knees are very, very even trickier, right? Um, punches are light. So you're doing a lot of kicks, uh, a lot of wall blocking, a lot of pummeling a lot of clinch a lot of hand fighting that's what you're gonna see a lot of when you're seeing um, some some really good quality mo uh, flow measured muay thai sparring and what i love is those guys when they use their front kicks they almost stab with them now a basic kick hinge if we're using the, the the poor finger here that i have as far as an example we have the, the four parts of the kick we chamber the knees up we extend we rechamber, and we reset back down into stance it's four parts of a kick right it's the first thing they're going to teach you when you go to Taekwondo, at least the studios that I came up under. Um, those are the four parts of the kick. Whereas these Muay Thai guys, they almost go up and prod in. Like they're just, it's like this. Like if if a normal kick's gait is up like this, um, the Muay Thai one, again, because the teep is pushing. So it should should push. But there's it's, 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 it's a beautiful mixture of up and in. And really, um, and really stabs, and you're just like, what the fuck? Did somebody just stab me with a knife? Like that's how you know you're really going with a great uh, Muay Thai guy. And again, speaking of the uh, front kick, why it's such a great example of the evolving in martial arts is you don't even have to be a traditional Muay Thai guy or a traditional martial arts guy to have some type of variation of these effective front kicks. Let's look at Conor McGregor. We all know who that guy is. Um, you know, Granite Connor, he's, of course, he's dabbled in both and he's paid respects to both arts, um, but he's not traditionally in any sense of either of those guys. Yet, he, quietly, we talk about his left hand, you know, he threw that post, he's like, Connor's left hand, Jones's sidekick to the knee. Well, the thing people don't talk about with Connor's left hand is his left kick. Everyone's focused up here and just like, again, a good Muay Thai guy is getting you to, he's doing this hand fighting, he's getting you to focus up top and he's, ah, and, and the next thing you know, there's a little foot that comes and stabs you in your stomach and connor is great at doing that you look at the mendez fight that quietly changed the momentum and took the win from chad mendez at 189 it was those little front kicks. so i guess in conclusion the front kick is a great kick to kind of focus on uh, especially when we're talking about traditional martial arts and how it melds um, into mma and seeing that evolution and watching them evolve together again it's not it's not one or the other it's evolved together so make sure you pay everything its respect because traditional martial arts or whatever other thing you uh, aspect of martial arts you might not be a fan of guess what it still plays a, a an important and respectable role um within the game all right um mr honk you haven't even watched tiger king yet i don't blame you um you sound busy yourself mr honky i know you're always putting out entertainment for the masses but uh a lot of us including myself and it's not a complaint by any means we should be grateful um are, are, I've been busy, still busy and hustling. Uh, it's been crazy. I, I kind of started this late because uh, not just technical difficulties, but, you know, it's, you know, we're all dealing with our own challenges here. You know, like the, this, this, this makeshift studio, it's a, it, it, it's, it's a studio. It's, it's part storage. Um, you know, uh, I'm taking care of my mom. My stepdad hasn't fully moved in here, but I'm actually moving my parents in here with all this stuff because they're very high risk and immune compromised. So I'm not leaving the house. 
So it, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely, um, I don't blame anybody for not like doing these normal things. I probably wouldn't watch it under normal circumstances to be contrarian, but, uh, I got sucked in, man. And, um, now I got this guy's like freaking voice tucked into my head. Of course, that is the tiger King we're, we're talking about. Um, and that show on Netflix, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely worth the watch. It's not too long. There's not too many filler episodes, which is what I hate with all like now that it's, it's kind of given up and it's the trend we're seeing like comedy specials that maybe sh people shouldn't have comedy specials. And we're seeing a lot of these hot things like the making a murder or the making a murder two is terrible about this. Like they'll have these filler episodes where like, I think making murder two, they literally had like two and a half episodes of like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh Yeah. And like, didn't we have enough? Oh yeah, like you know, uh, enough Brendan Dassey. Oh yeah, is like in the first one. Like, what's what's going on here? And that that pisses me off. Tiger King, they keep it pretty neat, and, and uh, they're going to be bringing back a second one, from what I hear. But there's a lot to unpeel with the characters um, and how things fall out. Don't worry, you're not going to get spoilers from me. I'm one of the few people that actually still try to respect spoilers in this day and age, which only seem to gotten worse with like quarantine time because like they're probably like oh you know for example like you know mr honky said like i didn't see it yet I'm, a lot of people's defenses are going to be like oh well your fault you didn't see it bro i'm going to spoil it anyways and uh not going <laughs> to mention names but there's certain podcasts like i i like the people but i can't listen to because they're going to spoil uh, you know like you know spoil um spoil mainstream stuff and they're much more mainstream uh they're you know they're, they're much more closer to the mainstream i should say than i am so i'm like come on easy with the spoilers there but no, Tiger King was really good. It's funny, too, because it's a bit endearing for me because I worked with a guy very similar. Not very similar. This guy's crazy, right? The guy I worked for wasn't nearly as crazy, but his name was Les. I'll just say that. And uh, he actually had the same haircut and he had the same, like, mustache. And uh, he he um, he didn't quite have the same twang, you know, that whatever. It, it, it's supposed to be an Oklahoma twang, this Tiger King guy, but it almost sounds like he's got some Pennsylvania in there because he's really kind of oh, a little bit Pennsylvania twang in there. Tiger King, they care about skins, I tell you. Um, at, at least to me, but this guy Les was crazy, man. He, he was like essentially like Captain Ron. If you remember, I know Dan Tom with his early 90s references, but he was like Kurt Russell, Captain Ron. If like Captain Ron kept partying, then it eventually became a roofer foreman. So, like, I, I would be like, I'd be working under this guy as I was working up the ranks and like following this guy up on roofs. Like, and Les would just, I'll tell you what, man, what would they say? We're gonna do, go, go up here, man, we're gonna do this. And like he would just be going up ladders. I'm like, Les, you, you're not even strapped in. I, all right. And like, it was just crazy. The dude would just like sit there and be talking to you. And like, uh, would, you know, you'd be like, I think he's talking to me. You'd be walking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he would get in his truck and start driving off. And you could still hear him talking. You're like, does he realize that I'm, that he got in the truck and drove off, dro drove off? I'm not in here anymore. But if you just love human psychology, you'll appreciate Tiger King. You'll see stuff like, Carol Baskins and her husband, or the, the living one, I should say, and be like, "Oh, that is, oh, that is an obedient husband. That is, that is by design." Like, if you're a fan of psychology, like me, and you love profiling, like the show is going to be rich in psychological profiles, and it's just mind-numbing entertainment. When I think at a time where people need it, um, at a time where things can go viral, so I think that's why this Tiger King phenomena um, has has really just kind of picked up, picked up steam, but. It, it, it's worth the watch. My favorite part, again, no spoiler, but I will probably be posting this gift because I found it and it's just hilarious. Is when the the human check doll, as Tiger King guy says, uh, there's this character in there is jet skiing and they're playing Eye of the Tiger, and it's just amazing. It is everything I want in a montage. 
It's fantastic. Um, so go go check that out. Uh, Weekly Rex five podcasts uh, worth uh, deciding on. This is one of those things again where um, it's a trap. I actually would like you guys to throw me some Rex. Um, as far as new podcasts to listen to, my podcast listening has gone down. Usually, I'm like one of those people. I don't know how you guys listen to your podcast. Feel free to hit me up uh, in the chat or at Dan Tom MMA. Like, I'll put it on speaker and I'll go about and I'll do stuff around the house. So, like, uh, in my mind, I'm multitasking. I'm like, well, I'm listening to a fighter interview to stay up to date for work while I'm making a smoothie and whatnot. But, uh, you know, now I'm not, I'm not by myself like I was. I got a you know, new puppy, uh, a mother who's uh, recovering from stroke, and a, uh, a girl staying with me from Switzerland. So, it's like, it's, it's, Everybody, the communication is, it's, uh, it's not, you know, it's, you don't want to be rude and have like a podcast blasting and like, again, kind of like why, why, uh, it's been difficult. Everybody's having their own versions of this, right? Like, I don't want to complain. I don't even have kids. I don't know how you, how y'all are getting work done with kids, but it's really easy to get distracted because then you're having a conversation and whether it's with a puppy, a stroke person or in a different language, conversations aren't exactly um uh, fluid or fast so so it's 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 funny man i've been listening to a lot less podcasts though and i try not to listen to much mma podcasts much uh in general um here are some podcast recs for me though uh, i used to, i'm a big history fan and, and uh, i like the dan carlin's hardcore history listen to that for a while but uh you guys should know this already and i'm surprised i haven't plugged this already because uh I'm a fan of Patrick Weinman. Obviously, he used to do a lot of analyst work in our space. Uh, he does his, he's back to doing his specialty, which is history, and he does a damn good job at it. He's got a podcast called Tides of History. You should check out. Um, a podcast that I always feel obligated to shout because, again, even though Top 5 is not owned by anybody or anything like that, um, you got to give credit where credit is due. I'm a big fan of that. And um, <coughs> excuse me, sneeze, sneeze. It's dust, folks. Don't kill me. Uh, it's not a COVID cough, but uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. And Film Vault, they essentially do what I do with the top five shows, except they do it with like movies like Top Five, Bad Cops, etc. Anderson and Brian do a great job over there. So you should really go check them out. Uh, the Tim Ferriss Show, which essentially it's like the entrepreneurial podcast. It's a very common one. You guys probably already know about this, but in case you don't, like now in a time of everybody's like, okay, let's all self-improve that we're in quarantine. Like a podcast like that and the kind of guests and the pro- professionals and kind of breaking down their uh processes is really useful like whether or not you want to do what they do or whether or not you want to do something lavish or crazy or whatever even if you just want to get better at day-to-day life like there's some useful stuff in there for um for sure so um i know i was going to give you guys five but i'm looking at the time now and uh yeah i got to get on out of here so hit me with podcasts that you got help help uh, that are helping you guys get through if I missed any uh, cool front kickers that you want me to talk more about or get expand more, please hit me up at Dan Tom and May. Guess we'll see more of what's going on in UFC 249. Unfortunately, that was canceled. That sucks. Sorry, I couldn't give you guys early leans, but obviously that's why. Thank you guys for the continued podcast love at MixedMartialAnalyst.com. Uh, Links there again for iTunes, Amazon on it. We're going to be keep bringing you entertainment on this channel through top five shows, live chats, uh, much more. Gonna be doing some live track commentaries for some movies as well as older MMA cards. Um, and yeah, so just keep it locked to at Danton MMA on Twitter. Uh, thanks for all the shouts and shares, man. I really got I really do hope you guys are holding up well. Um, even if you don't want to do interactive in public form, my DMs, of course, are open um, to chat uh, and, and hope you guys are doing well. 
Much love and always protect. Mm -hmm.